Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Hi, thanks for joining me, everyone. We will have another walk through Revelation next week as we did not meet this past Sunday evening. Let me remind readers that prophecy, in spite of the way some tell it, is not an exact science, at least from where we sit. It is only an exact science from where God sits. He has created or allowed not only the chronology of all events, but the timing of those events. There are things we will never know until they happen. I think it's important to keep that in mind because it's going to curtail the amount of frustration that often occurs during discussions or teaching related to end times events. So what's happening? Well, the world is watching war unfolding in the Ukraine, part of the old Soviet Union. And I have not said anything about this conflict yet because there is way too much contradicting information out there, making it difficult to find the truth. However, on the surface, it seems Putin wants Ukraine back under the Russian umbrella. In fact, without going into detail, some of the headlines and images coming out of Ukraine purporting to show conflict have been proven to be from 2021 or earlier. And I've got a number of links for you to look at in the transcript. I've got an article there that highlights just one example of what I'm talking about. But if we were to look past all that, it looks like, at least on the surface, Putin wants Ukraine back as part of Russia. I really don't know, obviously, how this is going to work out. I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but we're just going to have to watch it unfold. By the way, as an aside, I wanted to point out that I've previously highlighted articles from Martin Armstrong, Armstrong Economics. It turns out, unfortunately, he is a convicted felon who spent years in prison for stealing millions of dollars from investors. It's quite convoluted, actually. If you read his articles, I would strongly urge you to proceed with extreme caution. Uh, There's another website that appears a little bit more credible, maybe a lot more credible, and I've got a link to an article they wrote about uh, the Ukraine-Russian situation called Order Out of Chaos. But in any case, use wisdom and discernment always, and don't pay for any type of subscription until you are absolutely certain of integrity. Now, the problem with the Russia-Ukraine issue, for me, is that George Soros is completely behind Ukraine. Other prominent leftists, including many in Hollywood, are as well. So, what's the truth? It's very difficult to know. Soros' support of Ukraine is a huge red flag for me. And beyond that, the recent ceasefire talks ended with no agreement. Interestingly enough, the current president of Ukraine used to be a comedian before he became president. During his comedy presentation, he would play the piano with a member of his anatomy. And of course, I'm not going to mention what that was. You can do the research on that. Part of his repertoire also included representing a fake political party in Ukraine, over which he was, interestingly enough, president. Now, the party that you know portrayed in his comedy routine actually became a real political party in Ukraine. And as we know, 
this guy eventually became the actual president of that party in Ukraine. How did that happen? Well, I'm not sure, but I'm guessing globalists had their hand in the mix and their money helped, ultimately placing this guy in office as a puppet president, much like what we have in the USA now and maybe what also Canada has as well. The Ukraine used to be part of Russia and Russians still live there today. When Ukraine broke away from the Soviet Union after the Soviet Union dissolved, the Ukrainian non-Russians there treated the Ukrainian Russians living there horribly, even coming to a point of forbidding anyone who did not speak Ukraine to run for office. Nationalism for true Ukrainians became extremely important. So let me ask, why is Soros supporting Ukrainian nationalism, but not United States nationalism? Questions like these, I think, deserve answers. And so far, I don't see anyone providing any definitive answers. And as I've noted before, there is way too much information out there, and it comes at us at breakneck pace constantly, making it difficult to fact check. It's important to proceed with absolute caution because we cannot be sure anything we're seeing or hearing is actually real where Russia versus Ukraine is concerned. Now, regarding Russia and Ukraine, I've read a number of posts claiming that this current Russian-Ukrainian conflict will fulfill the Ezekiel 38-39 Northern Invasion prophecy. You know, I really wish prophecy prognosticators would stop making these predictions. Now, it is possible that that may happen, but a lot needs to occur before this could. Now, at the very least, other countries would need to get involved, and some of them are on the African continent. Making categorical statements to that effect are not a good idea, in my opinion. On one hand, yes, we could be on the verge of actual World War III, and the fulfillment of Ezekiel 38:39. On the other hand, we may not be watching World War III unfold, and the northern invasion of Ezekiel may not be connected to this at all. I'm watchful, but I am not placing bets on anything. What else is going on? Well, we've got something called ESG, environmental social governance. That's something that we'll be hearing about more and more, I'm sure. My wife and I were listening to a prophecy video with two people who talk a great deal about prophecy. That's what they normally do. They spoke about the events that are occurring throughout society. And one of the things they touched on was this ESG, environmental social governance. They were informing that banks and financial corporations are starting to implement a grading system for businesses and individuals related to their involvement in what they say is caring for the earth, also known as climate change. Now, banks and money surface corporations are joining the chorus of other investors who are looking for individuals and companies that are, quote, socially responsible investors, unquote. Well, the folks in the video talked about this system of grading, connecting it with China's current social grading system, and they indicated that it's coming to the USA. In fact, In its very early stages, it is here. But what does that really mean for us? I may be missing something, but I honestly cannot see this happening in the next year or so. 
When the system started in China, for instance, it actually began way back in 2009. It took at least five years for testing to begin in several large cities. All the while, the infrastructure needed for this system had to be built including surveillance cameras, 5G wireless network, tons of new satellites uplifted into space, massive computer systems, etc. Currently, there are approximately 200 million surveillance cameras throughout China, roughly one for every seven people. Now, big tech firms in the USA helped China create its computer surveillance and artificial intelligence system there. Police officers in China can wear special glasses that provides the identity of each person they see in public instantly. So in order for this to happen, though, tons of surveillance cameras, along with computers capable, computers capable of instantaneous capture, and transfer of information over a lightning fast network must be in place. This is why 5G is so incredibly important and tremendous computer storage uh, computer storage capabilities are also important. So it wasn't until 2019 that China's grading system went online throughout the country 24/7 365 10 years after it began. Now, people are spied on all the time there, and depending upon what they do and say, their social credit score either gives or takes away certain privileges. It all began as a type of financial credit reporting system similar to the USA's own credit reporting system. You know, experience credit report, Experian credit reports, etc. Sorry. The big problem is that while some areas of the U.S. already have 5G networks, Many areas of the country don't. Where I live, for instance, we don't have even good internet service. The best that we can get is satellite, which isn't great at all. It's not even close to 5G. Fiber optics is coming, but the infrastructure needs to be built first for my area, which will take at least three years, they said. And for 5G, there need to be many more satellites sent up into space as well. So I think with all the talk of what is supposedly just around the corner, I think that can create undue fear in Christians. And fear causes us to lose sight of things and make poor decisions. Of course, any ESG system that's based on climate change is certainly not a good thing and is designed to be used against people. Uh, while it's good to know what's on the horizon, obviously, if it's provoking fear within us, then we're borrowing from the future and we're bringing that into the present and it will affect our outlook on life now. You know, we can become upset at potential World War III as things escalate between Russia and Ukraine. We can jump ahead to believe the northern invasion of Ezekiel 38-39 is just around the corner. We can start seeing the mark of the beast in everything that the government is attempting to put in place for society. However, I believe it would be very helpful not to do those things. Be aware, but don't fear. So what else is happening in society that is creating maybe troubling times besides war, inflation, shortages, and a potential social grading system being built? Well, setting aside prophecy for just a moment, we are seeing a greater level 
of false teaching due to the proliferation of false teachers that Jesus warned us about in Matthew 24, 2,000 years ago, over 2,000 years ago. False prophets and teachers appear to have arrived in mainstream Christianity. They are thoroughly mingling with and immersed in the world's culture, and they are actually calling on Christians to join them there. Now remember, false prophets teach all manner of heresies and encourage people to embrace those heresies. Here's a quote from 2 Peter 2, 1-3, New King James Version. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. So in the above text, Peter clearly teaches that false teachers arose among the people, and he was referring to the Jewish people of Israel's past, what we call the Old Testament or the Hebrew Scriptures. And he notes that, quote, there will be false teachers coming in to the visible church. He told the people during his time, they're going to be false teachers. They're coming in. And their job is to lead people astray by spreading destructive heresies, denying Jesus as master and Lord. Peter notes that these false teachers will secretly bring in and introduce destructive heresies to the congregations over which they lead, and they will do it for money. This is the same principle that guides some false Christians who have gained positions in seminaries and pastors uh, of churches and other religious institutions who have sold books and earned millions. They lead a movement to pull people away from authentic Christianity. And one of the biggest heresies is that Jesus isn't coming back. Or in the case of preterists, he returned spiritually in AD 70 with the destruction of Rome. This is a direct denial of X1. Notice also that Peter warns, quote, many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed, unquote. What he's saying is crystal clear that in the future, from his perspective, people would wander away from the faith because of their reliance on the sensual, which means people will become much more enamored by following their feelings or emotions. We need to get beyond that and focus on God's word. He is not going to leave or forsake us, and he has never promised that this life is going to be wonderful and smooth sailing all the way through. In fact, Jesus said in this life we will have trials and tribulations, general problems. We can rise above through him by trusting him, or we can succumb to the pressures and problems through fear and worry, our emotional responses, and using our emotions to confirm or deny truth is not something that God wants us to do because it creates huge problems that we can avoid by simply not using or relying on our emotions as a compass and instead relying on his word. So what do we do practically, though? Where do we stand? Where do we go from here? 
Well, since Biden took the White House, gas prices have risen, though not long ago he stated he would do everything he could to lower those gas prices. He's now telling Americans that gas prices will continue to rise and we need to be ready due to war. Uh huh. Okay. Well, if he had not closed the pipeline as almost the first thing he did gaining the White House, if he hadn't closed that pipeline that Trump opened, uh, we would still be getting over 800,000 barrels of oil that we could use now for the USA. Instead, we're reliant on Russia for 500,000 barrels of oil every day. And in spite of that, the gas prices continue to rise. Products trucked to stores are also increasing in price due to fuel usage, along with a growing shortage of food. So a couple of things we can do, I've mentioned this before, buy extra food in the form of canned goods. Check the dates. Create a small storehouse for yourself. Get to know people in your community who have produce, eggs, and other things like milk, including goat milk. And meat, bypass the grocery stores for certain things. Buy more items in bulk. Cut out the things that you don't need. Find ways to cut back on fuel usage wherever possible. We have two vehicles. You might have two or more. We routinely now use the one that gets better mileage instead of the larger one. Start carrying cash. Gas is cheaper if you pay for it using cash for fuel and goods rather than using a debit credit card all the time. Most stores still accept cash. Isn't that interesting? God will provide. I also believe he provides discernment and wisdom to those who ask for it and to those who seek it through his word. Things will probably worsen as we will continue to see rising inflation and interest rates throughout the end of this year, I bet. Don't buy big ticket items unless you have to and get other things paid off. These are just common sense things. You may have to get an additional part-time job to help make ends meet. These are things that no one looks forward to, but having the option is a good thing. And above all things, turn your eyes on to Christ. Trust in his provision and guidance. I refuse to fear. Well, thanks so much for joining me, and I pray until we meet again that God would open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in Him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 